Amen. Let's pray for Gary right now. Lord, we lift up Gary. We ask that you would bless now uh, this uh, youth conference that's going on. Lord, I thank you for the fruit that's come out of the leaders' conference, and we pray for that same fruit of revival to come out of this youth conference, Lord, and that you would sweep Madagascar and not only that island, but the world with revival, with turning to Jesus, the only one deserving of of worship and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a study done back in the 70s. It was famous. Uh, Two researchers wanted to determine, you know, the, the altruism, the inherent goodness in people. So they staged it with a phone booth. Now, for those of you who may not know what a phone booth is, it's that clear glass enclosure that we used to have out on the streets where you could go in and actually make a phone call uh, for a, a, some amount of money. So they staged this experiment by having somebody come by the phone booth just as a person, a random person, was stepping out of it. And that person coming by had some papers and kind of fumbled and dropped them. And they wanted to see if the person coming out of the phone booth would stop and help that person pick up the papers. Well, what they discovered was that a paltry 4% of people stopped and helped the person that dropped their papers. But they also noticed something else. Just about everybody checked the little coin slot in the phone booth to see if there was maybe a dime or a coin left in it. So they decided to change up the experiment, and they staged it where every person that they researched, they arranged it so they would, they would put a dime in that slot, and the person in the phone booth would find it. And you know what they found? Just about everybody checked the slot and found the dime, almost 100%. And 90% of the people who found the dime stopped and helped the person who had dropped their papers. It went from 4% to 90%. Now, I'm going to come back to that story a little bit later. You'll understand what I'm getting at. But I'm glad Gary has been taking us through the Old Testament. I'm glad that he is helping us see the flow of the book of Genesis. Do you remember there's four great events, right? The creation, the fall, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. And then there's also four great biographies in the book of Genesis, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And as we've been saying, today is Global Impact Sunday when we review and we appreciate what God has called us as a local body of believers to do in helping to fulfill the Great Commission. And if you haven't heard it yet, the Great Commission is the marching orders of the church given to us by our Lord Jesus just before he departed the earth and is found in Matthew 28. 18 through 20, it reads like this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, read peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the Great Commission. This commandment Jesus gave us, telling us to make disciples of all peoples of the earth, isn't something that he just kind of came up with on the spur of the moment at the end of his ministry to try to keep some ball rolling that he maybe have started. No, actually, the Great Commission was an Old Testament teaching. It was created in the mind of God at the beginning of history. 
And we find it first where? Where do you think? The book of Genesis. It's right there in Genesis chapter 12. Actually, Jonathan read this passage to us last Sunday in his message. It's called the Abrahamic Covenant. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So from the beginning of human history... God began a plan to reverse the curse of the fall and the flood in the Tower of Babel. And his plan, pay attention, his plan then has not changed. His plan then is the same plan that he's using now to redeem mankind and to banish evil from the planet. And that plan laid out here in the Abrahamic covenant is blessing blessing. He says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do we see this theme of God's plan to extend his kingdom rule of blessings to all people groups throughout the Old Testament? Yes, we absolutely do. If you do a study, you'll see it over and over and over. I want to give you just one example. Psalm 67 The psalmist says this, God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with fairness and guide the nations on the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us. Now get this. God blesses us so that all the ends of the earth may fear him. So does the New Testament and its inspired authors affirm this plan of God? Is this the method for the church age following the ascension of Jesus? Absolutely it is, yes. Let's take a look at Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. Paul writes this, Therefore be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. Remember, he's going back to the Abrahamic covenant. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Now, verse 14, In order that in Christ Jesus the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Is this amazing? The gospel is preached in the book of Genesis in the Abrahamic covenant, a covenant of blessing for the whole world through Christ. So after the Tower of Babel, God looked on all the scattered nations, and he said, I'm going to extend my name, my blessings, through one man 
who will become a great nation, which I will set in the middle of all the nations so that they will proclaim my greatness and my kingdom blessings to all. And if you look at where God told Abraham to go to the promised land and where God led Moses and the children of Israel to go out of Egypt, you see that Israel's, put that map up, you see that Israel's geographic placement was strategic to all of the trade routes and the travel routes of the ancient world between three continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe. All those trade routes came through one area, Palestine, the promised land, and people would encounter the Jewish nation. Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 5 says this, Thus says the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set her in the center of the nations with countries all around her. Why do you think? He wanted all peoples to be able to come encounter the nation of Israel where the worship of the one true God was occurring and hear about it and come into a relationship with their creator. Now with the church age and with the giving of the great commission by Jesus to his followers, we the church are to go to the nations proclaiming the blessings of the kingdom and blessing others in the name of Jesus. So you see, the strategy with Israel was come and hear and be blessed. And the strategy with the church age is we are to go and proclaim the kingdom and bless others. But let me be clear. Although the strategy has changed from Israel to the church for proclaiming the gospel, God is not finished with Israel. There is still a purpose and a calling on the nation and the people of Israel in God's plan. The church does not replace Israel in the promises and the prophecies that God has made for his chosen people, the Jews. We are grafted in, we Gentiles are grafted in, but we do not replace Israel. We are to bless Israel. We are to pray for Israel. We are to proclaim the message of Messiah Jesus to Israel. And we're to look for the day when Israel will ultimately repent and one day say, as Jesus prophesied in Matthew 23, they will as a nation say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the Great Commission is going to be completed by us blessing the world. Do you remember the story of the phone booth? Well, can you imagine... It was, there was 22 times more goodness and kindness from people who found a dime than people who didn't. If that's true, if just finding a dime resulted in that kind of increase of kindness, can you imagine what's going to happen for those of us who have been blessed and blessed and blessed? You see, God has wired us to respond to blessing. He has wired us to be pay-it-forward kind of people. So can you imagine the, the love and kindness and blessing that should be bursting forth out of us who have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus? Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. See, we are all given blessings. We are all given the commission. It's not just the ones you've been watching on the video. It's all of us who are following Jesus. Every one of us that calls Jesus our Lord are commissioned to be conduits of the blessing of the gospel to our neighborhoods, to our families, to our schools, to our places of influence, to wherever God has sent us. We are conduits of God's blessing, not reservoirs. He doesn't pour spiritual blessing on us just for us to hold it. We are a channel of blessing to others. But what is blessing and how do we do it? You know, we use the words a lot, especially in, in church speak. But do we really understand what it means to bless someone else? And I'm so glad that we're emphasizing blessing in our church as Gary has already preached and as we're going to continue through the fall into this whole concept of blessing your neighbors. And we're using that acronym. Do you remember it? Begin with prayer. Listen, eat, serve, and tell your story. Bless, bless your neighbor. Dallas Willard defines blessing this way. It's the projection of good into the life of another. It isn't just words. It's the actual putting forth of your will for the good of another person. Blessing someone is truly wanting, praying for, encouraging, and even striving for God's best in their life. But I've got to say, it's been pretty troubling to observe what has happened in our culture and our society over the last few years. It's been the opposite of blessing. I can't remember a time when there has been such animosity, division, hatred, and lawlessness. And I'm sorry to say, I've seen it in the church too. And I'm not even on Facebook or Twitter. Brothers and sisters, this ought not to be. Let us not be fighting, criticizing, and blaming. Let us be blessing. We're truly seeing early what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 when he was asked, what are the signs of the end of the age? And in verses 10 through 12, he says this, and at that time... Many will fall away. They will betray one another and hate one another. Boy, are we seeing that? And many false prophets will rise and mislead many people. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. But he goes on to say in verse 13 and 14, But the one who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This gospel, this gospel of blessing, God's plan to bless people with peace and reconciliation and salvation in Jesus, just so they can be conveyors of that same blessing to others, this gospel, despite all the chaos that we see in our disintegrating world, this gospel will be proclaimed in all the earth and then the end will come. Would you please stand with me? Do you want the end to come? Yes. Let us be those 
who have a part in completing the Great Commission. By passing on the blessing that we've received in Christ Jesus to those that don't have it, that don't know him. Luke records the Great Commission as well at the end of his gospel. And Jesus' last words to his followers found in Luke 24, verse 46. He said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Verse 50, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to do what you were doing, your very last act on this planet. Lord, we want to be those who bless everywhere we go. Father, cause us, Lord, to be people of blessing, to be people who convey the message of the gospel and your goodness to everyone that you bring us in touch with. In Jesus' name.